This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. This is The Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Pardon it. Here's your host, Greg Cody. My nuts roasting on an open fire. Jack Frost snipping at my ass Yuletide carols being sung by a choir And neighbors shout quiet to stem the singing fast We all know a turkey and Greg stuffing dry to make the season bright Heavy drinking adults Hammered on Jim Beam Won't find it hard at all To sleep tonight They all know that Santa's on his way Ruined as he lands his bulky sleigh Reindeer shit all across our front lawns Before the beasts snort and fly away And so I'm offering this simple phrase To kids from one to 93 Although it's been said many times many ways Merry Christmas to me Well, I'm ready for the holidays now. Are you? Why? Because of the song we just heard. It was great, wasn't it? Yeti, that that was his uh, opus. That was his greatest song yet on our podcast, I think. I'm prejudiced because it was my voice on it. I mean, he made you sound good. So, yeah, (laughs) I mean, it was was very impressive by him. I mean, it's just, you know, nothing like you saying my nuts. On an open fire. Yeah, you're right. I thought it was great. I hope you all enjoyed it. And thank you, Yeti, because he's a master when it comes to that kind of thing. What was it like? We we're recording this on Sunday. Last night, you and Ron McGill got to be celebrities at your, uh, I don't even know what that thing was called. Ron basically talking for an hour right, about the book. <laughs> and then you and him signing autographs. Yeah. We must have uh, autographed 100 books. It, it seemed like it. And, and thank you to everybody who came out. Uh, I, I, I felt great. I, I really thought it went well. I'm so glad that people are embracing the book because there's a lot of demographics for this book, which I think is why it's going to do well. You know, Ron 
has a lot of fans. I have a lot of fans. The Levitard Show is promoting it. Animal lovers are are legions. I mean, it seemed more like Ron followers last night than Levitard Show fans. Um, you know what? And by that I mean it seemed like an older crowd there. It definitely night. it definitely was an older crowd. Mom and I were mentioning that that we actually felt felt young. Yeah. Anytime we feel young at an event, it's an older crowd. But no, there were um several kids at the event. You know, some guy came up to me and had had me write Go Lobos. Right. On, on, uh, yeah, on they the met a couple and, show fans, but I think if there there were I think over a hundred people there and there was only probably a dozen Levitard show fans. Well, felt like. You know, I didn't quantify it, but I do know I made the joke that um, anybody who has me sign their book, the book immediately devalues. And uh, that was a great joke. Yeah, that, that was a good joke. My standard. Now I will I, let me be serious for a second. I will say because Ron was talking and then he was like announcing you, and there was a moment where I started to feel a little like panic for you on your behalf, on your behalf, just because I know how much I hate. Even though we talk into microphones for our job, I don't like being in like talking like at a podium in front of a room full of people it's much different than being doing this what we're doing true so i i started to get a little anxiety for it for you and then you kind of got up there and just kind of crushed it i assume you planned something because your speech was very impressive so much so that if you didn't plan anything i'm very impressed and even if you did plan something you didn't look at any notes so you just memorized it and it was just as someone who stresses that stuff, it was really impressive to see you in that moment. Well, thank you. Because we do like kind of joke with you all the time on being like, you know, like Greg Cody, or like, you know, kind of not, yeah, yeah. you know, not like not necessarily the most polished, but it was a very polished speech from you. And it was, I was, it honestly impressed me. Well, thank you. No, that means a lot to me that you would say that because we do get a lot of shit on this show about you're supposedly mean to me and blah, blah, blah. But that's heartfelt by you and I appreciate it. And truth be known, I did. You know, I worked on that. I mean, I, I wrote down what I wanted to say. I, I sort of committed it to memory because I didn't want to read off notes, but I didn't want to be ill-prepared either, you know. So I had things I wanted to say, and it was easy to write and, and pretty easy to say because it, it came from the heart. You know, this has been a this book has been a great project for me. It really has, unlike anything else I've ever done. And uh, and last night was something of a pinnacle. I know in in a few weeks we're going to do something at Books and Books in Coral Gables, which is a major independent bookstore down here, and that's going to be big. But uh, last night at the zoo, Saturday night at the zoo, it was big. Not sure we can call bookstore any bookstore major anymore. Oh, you know what? The only major bookstore is Amazon. Well, that's sad but true. And by the way, I got to say this real quick. I'm so naive. Uh, when the book came out Tuesday or whenever it did, a, a couple of days later, like Thursday, I went into my local Barnes & Noble, right, naively yeah. expecting to see like a big display, a big display of my book. Have we done this already on this podcast? No. no? Why? What do you mean? I thought we did. I've had this conversation with you about you going in there and being underwhelmed. I think you talked about this with Dave Barry. Oh, you in, know what? In the, I, I, in, the, in the interview we're yes. about to hear. I think I did. You're about to. All right, so yes. shut up. Okay, in sorry. In fact, let's just get to that interview okay. before you ruin everything in it. I know. Sorry. Dave is great, as always. It's the holiday episode. Dave Barry writes an article where he tells people funny, hilarious gifts they can buy. So let's get to that. Great. And we will uh, we'll reconvene after, because if we don't get to it now, you're going to ruin everything that we talked that about. That kind of thing. The great Dave Barry joining us again. 
This is either the second or the third annual time we've had him on to discuss the holiday gift guide, and we're thrilled to have him. Third. Um, Dave, tell us the, or you are a world-renowned Pulitzer Prize-winning humorist. Remind us the origin of this holiday gift guide. For the third time, tell us. <laughs> I hope it's the same story I told the other times, because I don't really, I don't really remember how it started. I mean. I don't either. I was a humor columnist for a long, long time. I worked at yes, for Tropic Magazine, Miami Herald. And they would let me do anything. That was the beauty of Tropic and, and the Herald in those days. And um, I don't know, just there's so many gift guides come out every year that are, I don't know, just sort of boring and stupid. And right. I thought I could, I could come up with one even stupider. So the, the, <laughs> the, was, the idea was just come up with, I mean, to, to, to find things that are, are so bad that um, nobody, would, nobody sane would ever buy them. But what's right. weird is that even though, and like, I don't, I deliberately don't use um, things that are meant to be funny for the most part, things that are right. trying to be hilarious. And I'm, I'm trying to find usually products that really do people are, somebody thought was, you know, somebody would want to get somebody. And yet people buy them yeah. anywhere, even though they're really incredibly stupid, people buy them. And then, and, so, and people lobby me to get into the gift guide. Every year I get tons of email from people with products. And I, I want to write them back and say, you don't understand. I, your product is actually probably useful or good. I can't use that. I can't right. be part of this gift guide. <laughs> right, exactly. Dave, for me, the origin of this whole crazy gift giving type thing where you, you look at a gift, you're not sure if it's fake. Is it real? Is it, can you actually buy this or is it a joke? And that's the beauty of the whole thing. And I remember, and uh, you're, you're old enough, Dave, to remember, Christopher, you aren't, but may have heard about it. Um, SNL. You're talking about the birth of Jesus. The birth of Jesus, right? That's right. Yes. Both, both, exactly. both Greg and I were there. Yes. And talk about stupid gifts. One guy brought gold, which made a ton of sense. But the other two guys, remember? I'll never forget it. Greg and I are looking at each other. We were young men then, but we were like, yeah. not stupid. And we're like, they brought frankincense and myrrh. Like, right. who the hell? Like, you're like, you got a baby. You just You're in a stable. You don't even have, like, food. And this, they're bringing you frankincense and myrrh. Like, I'm sure yeah. that, like, there was a lot of, later after they left, Mary and Joseph had a few laughs about that. Yeah, anyway, go ahead. You were saying. Well, she's going, what about a diaper? I mean, <laughs> you know, I know they were cloths <laughs> yeah. back then, but, you know, I, I mean, Dave, I remember <clears throat> I was being there when, when Moses was uh, etching the stone tablets, and I told him, nobody can even lift that thing. Like, <laughs> what is the point? What are you doing? But what yeah, I was going to yeah. say is. He was a crazy dude, Moses, let's be honest. Was, he? Remember, yeah. like, remember wandering around in the, in the desert? For 40 years before we got to the promised land. Remember that? 40 years. Yeah. If you if you wander just like six feet a day in the same direction, you will get to like Denmark in 10 yes. years. He he's still in the desert 40 years later. That's kind of guy Moses was, man. Anyway, <laughs> but I'm in, I'm interrupted again. No, no, no. That's okay. And 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 parenthetically, what a beard. I mean, yeah. that guy, you know, yeah. uh, Benjamin Harrison could not grow a beard like Moses. Um, okay, Dave. Saturday Night Live. Circa 1975, Dan Aykroyd is doing a fake commercial for Bass-O-Matic. For Bass-O-Matic. And that struck, struck me because it was such a ridiculous idea, but presented as an actual infomercial or whatever. It, it, and it, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. Yes. And here's the truth. I mean, it goes, isn't that amazing? But what was, I believe, true about this, and since this is a podcast, no one will ever check. So it might as well just be true. Sure. Is that they used, they used actual real fish in that 
yeah. which maybe maybe we're not like 100% deceased. So if if you were to do that today, put a live fish in a blender on live television. Oh my god. I think can you imagine? You would yeah. probably be yeah, you'd be canceled. Yeah. I it, think. It'd be like it'd be like boiling a live lobster on national TV. It would Who be, would do a thing like that? Exactly. I, I personally hate lobster. I don't eat lobster because they look like to me giant insects uh, because they are, right. to be honest, yeah. giant, giant. But I still don't. I can't believe people cook them the way they cook them. I mean, I I couldn't do that. Now I, I perfectly happily will eat a hamburger, and I'm I'm aware that the cow that came <laughs> that it came from probably had to be killed for that to happen. Right. But I don't think they drop it in a boiling pot of water. That's got to be the wor- worst way uh, ever invented <laughs> yeah. to kill it. Uh, you can't kill a cow that way, obviously, but. No, I mean we're as as we're enjoying the burger, we're imagining that uh, it's just so merciful the way that those cows they, are they die they die so happy. Chris, you should jump in anytime. I'm not thinking I, about any of that, by the way, <laughs> when I'm eating a burger. Okay, <laughs> no, I'm not either, actually. Um, but, but anyway, you're right. The Bassomatic was a wonderful uh, commercial. They they did a bunch of them fake commercials on on Saturday Night Live back in the right. day. Now, by the way. Uh, Dave Barry, anybody who wants to to catch your latest gift guide um, runs in the Miami Herald. You can Google Dave Barry 2023 holiday gift guide. This one yeah, might be my favorite. Good. You met, this is the third year you've done it, and and I I got to have a few of these things. Do you really like what what? Okay, what particular item caught your eye, Chris? Well, I one just like what a great like funny gag gift the Titanic door pool float would be. It is okay. That's a good one. Uh, the the Titanic door pool float is a it, it's <laughs> it's designed it's really just a pool float it's an inflatable yeah. raft it's like but, it's like a, it's useful but it's also a funny conversation but story. it's also yeah but it's it's designed to look like the hatch cover uh, that um, what's her name Rose floated on <laughs> when we're uh, floating on the very end when Leonardo DiCaprio sinks down into the depths of the North Atlantic. And the debate over the years has been, you know, why didn't he just get on the, the hatch cover with her? You know, this is a debate that has raged for, for years, as I say. So this is a pool float that you're supposed to be able to test on your, in your, own, your own time to see, could Jack have saved Rose on the Titanic? So the answer obviously is no to the question, too soon for Titanic humor? I guess enough time has too passed. Too soon? Here. Yeah, is it too <laughs> I soon? Think, no. I'm willing to bet they were making Titanic jokes like in 1913, which was, really? unless now, I'm wrong. Now, we I, should do an impromptu Greg Doesn't Know Movies, which is a popular segment we do around here. And uh, okay. I, my dad has zero idea of what the door references with Titanic. Oh, you, oh, Greg, did you never see Titanic? He, he probably has seen it. Yeah, but I like, have. I just guarantee that he has zero. Dad, what he is just do you doesn't understand? remember. No, I explain the door thing with Titanic. I, I don't know. Oh. Okay, well, at the very end, okay, you do know, I don't want to give it anything away. Spoiler alert to anybody who hasn't seen Titanic. <laughs> it's, it's the six. Titanic sinks, okay, <laughs> and it has people on it. Oh, and wow. Yeah, and it's very cold in the North Atlantic uh, there, and, um, and there, people are grabbing hold of debris. Yeah. And one of, one of the, it's like a hatch cover or something, a piece of wood. And Rose, who is the, the woman, and the one who gets naked, you remember that, I'm sure. Oh, sure. I bet you remember that part. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and uh, only like and, one of your French girls. <laughs> and she's. <laughs> Don't worry, your wife doesn't watch this podcast. Nobody watches this podcast. Oh, hi, honey. Or <laughs> 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 anyway, so literally she, just got she, home. <laughs> she climbs on the um, hatch cover. Rose does, um, 
and Jack is kind of clinging to the side of it. And they have, you know, this very movie moment where they're saying goodbye. And then he kind of says goodbye and take care of yourself or whatever. And just kind of drifts down Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. drifting. You see him going she down hogs, into that's, what he's saying is she hogs the door, hogs the door. She, like there's it's it's so cold that people are dying. People are dying in the water. So it's like, I, hey, it's like, scoot over, honey. Let's both get on this door so we can both survive. But no, she gets the door alone. He sinks away. And, and, and everyone, and, and forever, the, the running joke with that movie is, Rose, why didn't you make room for Jack on the door? So it's just a good gift. Or another concept. How about just share it? You know, now it's your turn, Jack, for yes. a little while. And let Shifts. Rose cling to the side. Yes. Take turns. Take turns. Shifts. That's all. That's all we're sure. saying. That's all we're saying. Right anyway, over my dad's head. All over my dad's head. It, it, it was. I, I did like the Titanic door pool float, but even more, uh, I, I love this one in particular that I want you to explain, Dave, because it's you, you had me at these three words, motivational shower curtain. Because I <laughs> yeah. need motivating at all yeah. times. And, and when do you need it more than in the morning when you're taking a shower? Exactly. I, um, I'm assuming yeah. you take showers. Uh well, this is a, a shower curtain, and this is one of the few that kind of is on the borderline of like it's actually trying to be amusing, but it su- succeeds pretty well, I think. This is a shower curtain that has a gigantic blown-up photograph in living color of King Kim Jong-il, who is the supreme ruler of North Korea and ah. just a genuinely horrible human being. And yeah. so like, he's a guy like he's bloated because he eats food and nobody else in North Korea gets any food at all. And if you in any way criticize him, you die. So that's a fun guy to have on your shower curtain. Yeah. And this is a really big, big photograph of him. And I just can't imagine, uh, to be honest, walking into a bathroom and seeing that thing. Um, but apparently, it's, I believe it's, it's moving pretty well as a result of its gift guide. You are not alone in liking the Kim Jong-il. And, um, and does, it, does it have uh, inspirational quotes from him or is it just a photo that's inspirational enough? It does have one quote, and it's no, no, no. That's a joke. See, he doesn't speak English, Greg. So if they uh, had a quote on there, you wouldn't understand it anyway. You, you, you wouldn't would, know. You wouldn't could, know what it yeah, meant. Yeah. So no, no I, I, it, I don't think he has a whole lot of inspiration. He doesn't say a lot. I really don't think because right. he's just he just you know kills people if they get in his way. One of the things I love about the annual holiday gift guide is the photography because it's basically all people you know, right? Like Gene yes. Weingarten got in there. This is an oh, inside yeah. joke, but I loved seeing a picture of Gene Weingarten, who used to be your editor at Tropic at the Miami Yes, Herald, a, res- right? a respected journalist who has won two Pulitzer Prizes, made a complete fool of himself. But yeah, what, what this one was an item I knew. We don't usually feature Gene. The, the photographer is Carl Joost, who's a wonderful photographer, works for the Miami Herald, and he talks yeah. people into modeling these various things, as you say. But um, this, this picture, Carl didn't take because Gene Weingarten lives in Washington, D.C., but the item was an edible tarantula, which is, you know. I was a, wondering actual... what this guy was, and I'm looking at it right now, and yep, this guy's shirtless yeah. with a tie on. Yeah, he, he looks pretty bad, I got to say. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the, the tarantula, it's a tarantula, and, and the reason, and it, you're supposed to eat it. It's like, um, they, it's in jerky form. How you jerk a tarantula? I didn't even want to know. I didn't. I don't. Even, I, I don't but but so so and, and and get your minds out of the gutter, guys, because uh, it could have been a female. We don't know. But anyway, the 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 um the thing about Gene is he will eat anything. He will eat disgusting things. He prides himself on eating disgusting things. 
And so I called him up and said, uh, if I send you a tarantula at the, at the Miami Herald's expense uh, by Federal Express, will you eat it? And I, and I said, it's dead. It, is, it will be a dead tarantula. Um, and he said, sure. And I said, well, you have to take a picture of yourself eating it. So I, I sent him up there and, and he ate it. And for some reason, which I don't know, he decided that he should do it shirtless. And Gene is not a person you want to see with a shirt on. <laughs> it's definitely a person you don't want to see with a shirt off. And so I think, and he, but he did put a necktie on to make it, give it a little formal flair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just, it's just a very weird picture of a guy eating a, a tarantula. But he really did eat the tarantula. I have video proof of that. We got to get a shirtless Greg Cody maybe in next year's. Ooh, it's a thought. <laughs> yeah, it's a <laughs> bad thought, though. It's a really bad No, thought. no, I like it. Planted, he planted a seed. We'll get Carl. Carl yeah. Juice is on his way, on his uh, way. Dave, the most surprising thing about that story you just told is that the Miami Herald still has a budget enough to pay for a tarantula to be mailed to Washington, D.C. Well, that's why we're not going to cover the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> exactly. They don't even pay me. You know, if I'm being really honest, because you're you're correct, the Miami Herald doesn't pay for anything anymore. No. I think I may have, I think I may have actually mailed that. I mean, send it up at my expense. I don't know. Right. I knew it had to get there. It was an urgent tarantula. I had to get there. Before Um, we continue with the holiday gift guide. Wait, wait. I got to say one more thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you go to the store and they say, what can you you go to the package store to send it? It was like the UPS stores where I shipped it from. And they say, what what is in the package? I I would I didn't say tarantula. I lied. And and I said jewelry because I I was just afraid that. He would like, you know, that they would have a UPS rule about that. You know, like we don't. It's a federal crime you just admitted to. I did. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You'll never get me, coppers. (laughs) Exactly. Dave, I am. um, So Greg's pick was my number two. Number one for me, though, was the squalid. And when I first when I first saw that, I immediately imagined a young Greg Cody running around the house in his Davy Crockett raccoon pelt hat and pulling out a squalid when he's ready to you know pay for his uh, his 10 cents for a knee-high soda at the at the local store okay the squalid is first of all you have excellent taste first of all the squalid squalid was the most expensive item we really went all out i was like it was more than 50 dollars to get the squalid really and just so just so our our vast listening and viewing audience knows what we're talking about squalid is a combination it's a wallet made from a squirrel squirrel wallet squalid of course Here's the thing. You might think, if you didn't know better, that it, it would, you know, they took like the hide of, off of a squirrel and some nice soft fur and they made a nice wallet. No, they took a squirrel, basically took out the internal organs and put a zipper in <laughs> and fell it. But it's still very clearly a squirrel. I mean, it's like this long, it's got a tail. They put two fake you know beady eyes on it. Oh my God. And a zipper in it. And it's the most horrific really thing di- I've ever seen. It is. I, I, I expected more outrage from the, the, the uh, reader, readership. Maybe nobody ever read the gift guide except the youth free guys, but, but I expected more outrage because it really is a very tasteless gift. So it's a pouch. It's a squirrel pouch. It's a, yeah, it's a layer where the, where the internal organs of the belly of the squirrel would be. They unzip and you can put stuff in there. You know, like, yeah. And if you use the suture kit that you could buy, your suture <laughs> practice kit, you could make it a squirrel bank. Just sew the money it, up in there, and there you go. No, well, it, it does have a zipper, so you don't need to suture it. But nice segue, very nice segue. Excellent, yeah, uh, yeah. The suture kit um, is this is a serious item, and there's you know 
one of these things, medical people, medical school, I don't know how they do it, but it's a, uh, an, a, a kit that comes with a bunch of needles and threads, surgical needles and threads and stuff. But it's the, what makes it really disgusting is it's this plastic foam thing, flesh-like thing about an inch thick. And um, it has all these wounds in it. And you're supposed to practice sewing the wounds up. So we thought that would be a fun, fun game for the kids on, it is on a fun Christmas, game. <laughs> Christmas morning. Everybody's gathered around and, you know, the kids are sewing, sewing wounds shut yeah. on Christmas morning. As, as people have done thousands of years. Well, Dave, you and I are old enough to remember the board game Operation. Yes. Very they still have, that's a good game, right? That's the one where you have to take the look. The thing and and you can't touch the side or it buzzes. Yeah, they still have. They're right. nodding. The young the younger folk are nodding their heads as if they know what we're talking about. Either we that is no, actually home. operation. I do know. Oh, so much anxiety surrounding that game because yeah. it's it's like when Greg's telling his dad jokes, he give you yeah, it's, and it's <laughs> it's operation all over every time. Now one of them is a heart, if I'm not uh, mistaken. One of the things. Yes, and and I I knew a guy who was a sports writer. This not at the Miami Herald. This many years ago when I worked at the uh, newspaper in Pennsylvania and his daughter, and I remember her name was Natalie put the heart up her nose and <laughs> then she <laughs> had to go, had to go to the real hospital to get a real. Operation. Oh my God. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's got kind of an ironic result. So may, I think I'm willing to bet that they have safe, made it safer. Now the way they made Mr. Potato head. So you don't even have a potato involved anymore. Yeah. Just make exactly. it safer. Yeah. Now Dave, there's something um, there's there's something here called the beer puppeteer. Now this seems like something that this is something right up my dad's alley. And if you look at you. the picture, it's one of these things that you buy and you look at the picture on the thing and you're like, oh, this seems real simple. This is this would be chaos in real life because what it is yes. is essentially lifting your you have a contraption over your head and with the strings that you're holding with your hands, you're lifting up a beer and and taking a sip from it without ever touching it with your hands. In this picture, it looks like it's a real crowd pleaser, but there's no way you're not spilling the beer everywhere. Correct. We we field tested that. Um, <laughs> Carl Just and I at uh, Fritz, Fritz and Franz, which is a, a wonderful German restaurant in in uh, Coral Gables. I love it. With, uh, we know the owner, and his, and his name is Harold, and, and he lets us do anything we want. So we went there with it, and um, so Carl Just, the photographer, was videoing me and, and photographing me, you know, trying to get a beer into my mouth, and it's really difficult to do. And this woman at the bar, who's in the picture there, sees this and just got fascinated and decided she had to do it. And um, and we ended up with, you know, letting her. And you're absolutely correct, Chris. You you end up spilling the beer <laughs> all over yourself. Uh, it was invented by Dutch people, probably as a way to sell more beer. In in the spirit of uh, of, of beer, what the hell is a floral bouquet flask? <laughs> oh this yeah, got me good. Very practical item. Uh, it's a flask that that, but it it has it's kind of like the top of it is. Um, foam so you can stick flowers in it so it looks like you're carrying a bouquet but you but it's got a straw sticking out of the middle of the flowers so you can you can uh, imbibe uh, beverages while you're you know so like uh, what my thought was that like a, a bride let's say she's nervous she doesn't you know about you know she's walking down the aisle so all everybody's <laughs> watching her she could t- take a couple of belts or something calm herself Damn down right. yeah. for the big ceremony um, yeah. so that's the that's the flasky flower Wow. Excellent. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think my wife did that. 
Now that you mentioned it, we <laughs> didn't bother with the bouquet, the fake bouquet. It was just a blast. Greg, there is no way anybody ever married you who was sober. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, so. hey, you got that right. So the UFO cow abduction <laughs> action set uh, yeah. is, is something that I want to buy for my granddaughter for Christmas. Every child should have this toy. It's a uh, it's a miniature uh, flying saucer with like a cone that's represents sort of a, a ray a force rail force field or whatever and a cow and a little green thing that represents the earth and so you bring the you bring the the flying saucer down and you abduct the cow which apparently is something have you ever i've never heard of uh aliens abducting cows but no. apparently why they wouldn't make this toy if it weren't a real thing right, so this right. is a way this is a way to convince did not convince but to teach we it's our job as, as adults to teach our children to teach children that at any time on the planet Earth, hostile beings could come and take them away. I mean, if you can get a cow, clearly could get a child as well. So this is a very an educational toy is what I'm saying. I think this yeah. might be the biggest waste of money in the history of this list. <laughs> well, <laughs> the cow abduction thing? Those are, those are strong words, How much Chris. is that one? I don't remember. How much is that one? <laughs> There's been a lot of wasted money in this. I'm sure you could get a face printed on a potato a couple like, years ago. That that is right. like that will give you laughs for years. Like that True. what what this cow thing like I don't I still don't know what this cow thing is and you just explained you're, it. You're right. It's just a concept and it's it's one of those things that's just so stupid. Right. That I just had to had to include it. Had to no, include it's it. great. Yeah, you're right. There is no market in, imaginable in the world for this thing. <laughs> Why? But somebody went to the trouble to make it and put Love it in it. a box. It's a my favorite. Yeah, it, so. is, is it fair to say that these are all quote unquote specialty items that you can't find in like a Target? Not that. The next thing is actually mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, right. mayonnaise, now, fine. Okay. okay, most of these most of these things are not sold in stores because, for the simple reason, like who is stupid enough to buy them? But you can get almost all of them on Amazon. That's where we get most of them, except the squalet. The squalet <laughs> is handmade by some guys somewhere, and we put the squalet in. We we, we put the information in the gift guide. I don't know where they are, but. No, Honestly, I don't think any of these are sold in stores. We just my I just made fun of my dad for asking that question, but like the beard bib apron is legitimately something I could use. My wife gets so mad at me for clogging mm -hmm. drains with beard hair that like I legitimately could use that. Yeah, it just it really is one of those things that it's it's perilously close to being a useful thing, um, which was a bad precedent for us in the gift you guide. Like but stick it. you attach behind your head, and it's a plastic thing with two suction cups. You stick it on the mirror. And the, the reason I like it is it just looks so ridiculous when you're doing that. You're standing in front of a mirror with, with like a hammock in front of you, catching <laughs> your beard. Oh, it's absurd. Uh, but, but yeah, and it was, it's cheap, Chris. It's like four bucks. You could afford it. I'm going to send this link even to on wife. Even on the salary stuffer. that you're paid for this podcast, you can yeah. probably afford that. That was the cheapest stocking. one on the list, I think. It was like four bucks, five bucks. A little stocking like stuffer. Yeah, I'm yeah. Telling we you, like to include, exactly. Something for everybody. If you can't, if you're too cheap for the squalet, you, yeah. you can, <laughs> exactly. you can well, collect the beard hair and make your own squalet out of a beard. <laughs> Dave, I, I have to ask you about the one gift on the list that um, screams born in the pandemic when we were all freaked out about germs and everything. Oh, Something yeah. Something called a happy air germ-free candle blower. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's just um, this thing you... Apparently, people got worried during the pandemic, and I actually saw this, in, and maybe you did as well. People said you, sh you, weren't, you weren't supposed to blow out candles anymore right? because you would get spit on them, which 
made me think, well, then all the years I grew up, people were spitting on all the birthday cakes I ever ate from, right. to be honest. So, um, so and every year, let's, let's be honest, we should, it's a serious fact. Every year, 13 million Americans are killed by birthday cakes. And I hate to bring us down, but it's something we need <laughs> as, as a nation. Something I don't mean, to laugh. I don't mean to laugh. No, you look at you laugh. Thirteen million dead, and and he thinks it's funny. Ha, Greg, at your age, you should be concerned with this. Bring yeah. back the blow. <laughs> <laughs> so, thirteen million. So, wow. Every year. Every year. Okay. Every year. Wow. Yeah. Exactly. Thirteen. <laughs> never okay. more. Never less. Okay. <laughs> and, <laughs> All right. So, Excellent. So this this is a device you blow through, and it has a filter in it, allegedly, which I find very hard to believe. Um, but you know that's what it says <laughs> on, on the on the package <laughs> and it so you fruitfully blow out your birthday candles and i know for a fact because i got some emails about it that, that a number of people have actually bought this thing because they think it's a good idea which again is a bad precedent for me and yeah. the, the uh the holiday gift guide i don't like to be doing anything useful but apparently some people think this is useful nobody said that about the squalid i'm just gonna <laughs> <laughs> well i think it's useful dave i, I want to veer off for a second um uh, you may or may not know Ron McGill and I wrote a book. Uh, Christopher, I, did, I blurbed your book. You did blurb the book. You yeah. praised it without having read a single word. And I want to. I know. It. I read it. I read it. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. And you and you gave it praise. And usually, anyway. usually I don't do that. I'm very. I mean, like it, it, the the dirty little secret of the book world is you like you're always blurbing books you have not read. In yeah. fact, my I have a novel that just came out a while ago, and I'm like I, I'm I'm not going to grab it here, but. It has blurbs on the back. I got I got uh, seven blurbs. I got one blurb from Carl Hyacin, who's a good friend of mine who actually read yep. the book and blurbed it. The other six blurbs are all from Steve Martin. Uh, who, yes, uh, I saw that. I, I've known for many years, Great. and he's a wonderful <laughs> guy. And I, I wrote him a letter, an email, and said, can you blurb this book? And he wrote back and said, I can't. I'm really busy. He was shooting the only murders in the building. He said, I'm, I'm in the middle of shooting. I, I can't know. But here, and he wrote six blurbs. <laughs> and the last one... <laughs> Last one is I I love it. I haven't read it yet, but I love <laughs> it. was great. So I, I used all six of them. So it yeah. is one blurb from Carl and six from from uh Steve Martin. But what that's not you were asking me a question about your book, which I blurb and I read. I read your book. Thank you. About lion, about some lion who yes. falls off and and, uh, and and is on a on the Titanic. No, that's a different yeah. <laughs> no, it's a similar story. The lion is yeah. room for you know. Yeah. The lion is a raging alcoholic, and he just goes through <laughs> a tough life, you know. And it's an interesting story. But I want to ask you this, Dave, because you've written how many books now? A, a lot dozen? of books, a couple yeah. dozen books. Yeah, a couple of dozen. Okay, a couple of authors cutting it up. Here's how naive I am. Okay, the book literally came out today, right? Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Are you, are you like looking in your bank account? You're like, when's the no, money coming? No. <laughs> this, this is even worse. I walk into a Barnes and Noble. I don't know what I was expecting. I, I had my camera ready. I was going to take a photo of the big giant display of all the books. And I found it nowhere. You had to ask nowhere. someone, didn't you? Nowhere. And I wonder, Dave, do you remember the first time your first book was published? Did you go into like a Barnes and Noble looking for it? Like, yeah, what? I used to do that, um, and you can get you can get yourself in embarrassing situations if you if you appear to be an uh, authors do weird things. I mean, I I have known authors personally who will go in and demand to find their book, then they'll demand that it be moved to a more prominent location, right. and, and 
this is a good way to make sure that people at Barnes and Noble, as soon as you leave the store, hide your book in the bathroom. Yes, because right. They don't, <laughs> yes, they don't like you. you when you when you do that. So don't do that. But yeah, I, I yes, there's a wonderful it. feeling. It's a wonderful feeling when you go and see a book you wrote in a bookstore. It really is a very cool thing. Even cooler is when you see somebody actually reading a book you wrote, which which doesn't. Have, but we, I'll tell you what's the coolest thing, and this has happened to me a million times. And I'm, I hope I don't sound like I'm bragging, but I'll be like at the airport or something. And uh, somebody will come up to me just out of the blue and say, um, I hope I'm not bothering you. And I'm like, no, it's no, no problem. It happens all the time. They go, but I just got to say, I really love your work. And I'm thank you. Thank you. And they go, especially love who? And, and then I go, that was Carl Hyacinth. <laughs> a different person. They go, and I go, I'm Dave, I'm Dave Barry. Go, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I love your work. Okay. I've, I've also read. <laughs> so you don't fake Carl Hyacinth. Autograph or anything, right? You don't. You, you just pretend. No. Like. no, you just go say terrible things as if you're Carl Hyacinth, and just you know, just sully his reputation. I should do that, but Carl's my friend. But but this is literally true. I'm telling you this anecdote. This morning, I was in the hospital for an MRI. It was routine, nothing, no big deal. But the the woman who was doing the MRI at Mount Sinai Hospital goes, "Do I recognize you? I know you. I know you." And uh, did you, are you a writer? And I go, yeah, I writer. I used to write a humor comedy. Like, I like, I don't, and she's like that one book and we go through 10 different. And finally I realized what she's talking about. And it's striptease, which is also by Carl. <laughs> 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 so you're in good company. So, yeah. So anyway, that welcome to the world of fame and fortune of uh, comes with writing. My dad books. actually gets the same thing at the airport, but it's always, are you, are you Jeffrey Loria? <laughs> well, that we all have to admit. We have to admit. Even Greg, you admit. You look like you know, Jeffrey Luria. I have, <laughs> don't you? You know, through a lot of therapy, I have come to be able to admit that. Yes, I, I think yeah. there was a time you, you. I think you used to look more like each other than you do now. I think he's yeah. trying to get away from I you. Think he's, he might, he's having surgery done. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He would be smart to do that. Dave, uh, we'll let you go. I appreciate I, you. I have one question for time. Dave, real quick. Yeah, yeah. Real go quick, ahead. Dave. Yeah. I would like to know if this is something that would ever end up on your holiday gift guide. And if so, where would you rank it? Found at shop.thegregcodyshow.com, a floating head of Greg Cody or disembodied Greg Cody ornament. Would this ever we, make your list? Yeah. In my, we've, we've run items kind of like that. Not with Greg Cody. Cause we want to sell, we want to move these. Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. That could be, that could be good. Is we it, also it, have in our shop uh, a hat that says nice shirt and a shirt that says nice hat. Okay. So that's our best seller it? by far. You see, you see like the, what we did I there. Get it. Of like the, I get yeah. it. Just if, if you're looking for something zany next year. Yes. Mm -hmm. You could even get it on an ornament. <laughs> no. <laughs> now that okay. makes no sense at all. But okay. There you go. That's, <laughs> what, that's what you're going. I thought that's what you're going for here. Now we're getting, now we're getting, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Dave Barry's holiday gift guide. Look it up. Enjoy it. Um, uh, Read it for free. I just love doing this because I feel we help a lot of people. I we really do. do. We do. And, it's all and that's why, that, we, and that's why we do it. That's why yeah. we do it. It is when people are looking at the motivational shower curtain of a North Korean dictator and being inspired by that. Let them think of us. Let them think of you, Dave. <laughs> or while they're sitting on a on a toilet, let them think of you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you again. Happy holidays. It was my same to you. Greg really petered out on the exit. <laughs> oh, I, I interrupted him, didn't I? He was he was on yeah. the roll of thanks so much for stopping by. 
No, I'll, yeah, we'll no, just say he peters out. It's what he does. I do. <laughs> Almost fell asleep trying to send you out the door. That, that honestly, this podcast, this podcast could be called petering out. <laughs> Peter out with Greg Cody. Wait. <laughs> okay, let's um, not. I, yeah, let's not go there. Greg Cody peters right, out. I'm gonna. <laughs> hey, Dave. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you, Dave. Thank you. Uh, that would be a good name for a podcast. I have to admit. <laughs> Peter's out with Greg yeah, Cody. <laughs> petering out with Greg Cody. I like that. Plus, it has a mildly dirty connotation to it. it. Yep, I don't know why. it does. That's, that's what we were doing. Yeah, that's there you go. <laughs> All right. Hey, that kind of thing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now a poem about Sheets and Giggles by Yeti Blanc. Ah, Sheets and Giggles at this time of year, with discounts galore to bring you great cheer. Their pillows and sheets, covers for your duvet, make the perfect setting for an amorous soiree. Sheets are better gifts than new diamond rings, better sleeping and resting and that kind of thing. SheetsGiggles.com slash Greg with two codes to choose. With Ho 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 for BOGO half off, there's no way to lose. Or use promo code Greg to save 10%. You could buy a new mattress for your uh, stepfather, Trent. That's SheetsGiggles.com slash Greg once again to find some great deals to improve your domain. All of their products make a wonderful gift. The perfect place to lay at the end of your shift. Support the Greg Cody Show by supporting our friends at Sheets and Giggles. And now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. You gotta love Dave Barry. Dave Barry is truly a local legend i mean he's national people know him all over the country he's won a pulitzer prize but he is a miami legend and uh and i'm very grateful to call him a friend i'm thrilled he comes on the podcast every year now what well it wouldn't be a greg cody show podcast without what without dj and three fj dad jokes and three facts jack how about it? Which one are you going to do first? Yeah, they go in order. Dad jokes first. All right. What is a ghost's favorite drink? Goulaid. You read that <laughs> off my sheet. Chris Cody just cheated. We are in the same. We haven't told people that we're in the same I room know. for this Okay, episode. he cheated. Get all a right. little closer to Mike for the Okay, well, go- if I get any closer, you're going to steal all my material. Goulaid is the correct answer. <laughs> what job did the corn of cob get? A cash ear. Okay, he's ruining this. He is stealing everything. He has seen this. Dad jokes are ruined. Chris Cody has ruined the dad joke. All right, number one. What did the obituary say for the pot of boiling water? You will not be missed. No, you will be missed. (laughs) You misread it. You will be missed. M-I-S-T. I think that's subtly one of the best dad jokes ever. You will be missed. 
to the pot of boiling water. Because that is good. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. It's clever. All right, did you read these three facts, Jack, as well? They're way too long, and I don't care. Okay, all right, we got the uh, dramatic build-up music, or no? Hit it. All right. There are three things that interest him, so sit right back for three facts, Jack. Number three, Manawi, Nebraska, near the South Dakota... God, there's no answer I can be reading over your oh, shoulder. That's true. You can okay. just do this one. Manawi, Nebraska, near the South Dakota border is believed to be the only incorporated town in the United States with a population of one. Elsie Eiler, a woman in her 80s, is the town's mayor and sole resident. Wow. I want her on the podcast next week. Number two, the Snickers candy bar introduced in 1930 by the Mars Company was named after the Mars family's favorite horse. Hmm. Number one. Why are you looking over my shoulder? In case there's something I can ruin in it. Number one, eBay launched in 1995 with the inventor, Pierre Omidyar, placing a single item on the auction site. For $1. Site. It, was <laughs> it was listed for $1 and sold for $14.83. The first item ever sold on eBay? A broken laser pointer. That's correct. <laughs> All right. That was a combo three-facts jack. And the only reason I'm not pissed at Christopher right now is that he gave me a heartfelt compliment about my address at the uh, the book event. And it was just also hammered home to me by the publisher, because this is a guy that's published, I assume, hundreds of books. Or yeah, at least I, I seen, saw you talking to him. At yeah. least seen hundreds of books published. And he just basically was like, you know, there's a lot of things you can like, there's ways to get books on lists, but the Amazon editor's choice is just based off writing. It doesn't matter how well the book sells. It doesn't matter who's writing it. It's just an award and a, and a distinction they give to just books based off the writing. Yeah. So, like, it just makes... He hammered home even more than I already knew of just how impressive it is to be an editor's choice by Amazon. Yeah, and, and the fact that it's based all on the writing is a compliment to me, obviously. Be because, <laughs> I mean, honestly, you know, McGill is going to get because it's his story. Yeah. Like you put it the words on the right. paper, but that editor's choice thing has nothing to do with the story. It's right. just the writing. So yeah. it's just that's already your stamp of approval of like, hey, Ron, I mean, I think he already knew, but like he made a good choice. Right. And and and, and, and the editor I think the guy knows the show, that guy that Yeah. Hugo. That, yeah. So he made a joke along the lines of, you know, say what you want about your dad, the guy can write. Okay. <laughs> Because, you know, you get a lot of shit for a lot of things. It's right. like, say what you want about him, but the man can write. No, even even Levitard, uh, you know, has to admit that at times. I do take pride in my ability to put one word in front of the other and, and call it a sentence. But um, McGill's photography, <clears throat> pardon me. Emotional? Yeah, I am, actually. As we saw at the presentation, McGill's photography brings the whole book alive. Mm -hmm. You know, like uh, your brother, Michael, actually got emotional watching all these photos of, of the ant because McGill's photography that's in the book is outstanding. No, it's world class. It was hilarious because you could tell Michael had not written the read the book, which right. I actually have read the book. Okay. And Michael were like listening to Ron because at this thing last night, he's essentially telling the story of I know. the book. He's essentially giving the cliff notes of the book. I know. And Michael afterwards just has this like amazement of like, man, I was riveted by this story. I know. Chris, do you hear this story about this lion? I'm like, Mike, that's what the book's about. I, I'm truthfully on the way home, and, and we live about 45 minutes from the zoo. On the way home, I actually told your mother, I thought Ron gave too much of the book away. 
you know, he was uh, giving details about the book and everything. But as she said, there were a hundred people there. You know, the the max there. There and were a hundred. And they people all there. bought the book. And they all bought the book. So at that point, it don't matter. It don't matter. But uh, the Pride of a Lion out last week. Thrilled with it. Thank you, Ron McGill. Thank you, Zoo Miami. Thank you, Dave Barry, for being in this episode. Delightful as always. A true legend. And thank you, all listeners. Christopher makes fun of it when I say thank you, Pod family. But you are my family. Anybody listening to this podcast every week, you are my family. I love you all, and we'll see you all next week. Happy holidays, that kind of thing. It's pretty funny that you asked Dave Barry in this episode. I don't even know if we left it in, but the beginning of your interaction with Dave Barry was like, oh, did you see the book? And he wrote something at the beginning of your book. It's true, he did. Yeah, I forgot that. It was just chef's yeah. kiss. For yeah, me. yeah. He loved the book, having never read it, which is why I love Dave Barry. <laughs> it's great. <laughs>